Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's up, everyone? And we're back with another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. This is the last episode before the 2021 draft. We had just listened to experts on the two potential quarterbacks. We can choose at number two. And Alex and I today will break down what we think will happen with the number two pick, how we think that'll play out. And also, we'll go into some other positions, and mostly some sleepers that we might like in these positions and how we think the draft might go. Alex, what's for et cetera? It's good, John. And for et cetera today, we're going to go over Alex Smith and Jordan Reed retiring. we got to talk about the potential trade-back opportunities for some of the teams like the Dolphins and the Panthers within the top 10. And then we have to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals unis update. <laughs> Put those in air yeah. quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that'll be good. Some fun news around the league, and let's go, baby! It's draft time. Let's go, Ricey. What's up, everyone? And we're back with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. As always, I'm joined by my boy Alex here, who is just flying on a, on a high right now. We just came off of an eight-game winning streak with this Knicks-Hawks game. And n- nothing can get in the way of Alex right now. Not even the potential Jets draft or mucking it up or anything of that sort. What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? It's good, John. And uh, yeah, this eight game winning streak is surreal. If, if having to give up the Yankees win a couple games just to witness the New York Knicks <laughs> go on a eight game winning streak is what it took, then so be it because it's been way too long where we had some good basketball in New York. But not only was I excited about this game, you were actually at this game today and we're recording past midnight. It's actually technically Thursday morning, 12 15 a.m. How are you feeling, my man? How, how's it going for you? Dude, second second game I've been to this week. I was at the Knicks-Pelicans overtime. And then I go to Zion's first game. And now I go to Knicks-Hawks and we go to overtime. They're killing me. <laughs> but they are they're the, on, they're, they're the only fighting team in New York right now. And they are giving me life. They're giving me hope. Everything is great because of the Knicks right now. And... As it relates to the Jets, man, to be honest with you, it's a nice transition for us because 
the new GM and Leon Rose for the Knicks and the new GM, you know, Joe Douglas for the Jets. There's similarities there. There's also similarities with the, within Tom Thibodeau of the Knicks, who is now going to be coach of the year because he's showed up with the Knicks and Robert Salah. And I'm really excited about what could happen with the Jets when I watch the Knicks and I try to compare them. But it also disappoints me, man. It disappoints me because Sam Darnold is Julius Randle. And I really feel like Sam Darnold could have thrived with a, with a finally competent staff and a finally competent GM and maybe just some guys who have the same mentality as him to want to win the games. You know, Julius Randle talking about how these players all want to go to the gym with him before, when they fly to a new city in the morning after they finish a game in the garden and they want to shoot more basketballs with him. And everyone's on the same page. And everyone's on the same page on the bench. And that just wasn't the case with the Jets. And that's what everyone is talking about. The locker room was on the same page. Adam Gase couldn't get him on the same page. And now that we finally have a leader of men, as even people who curse out the Jets and make fun of them, like our, like our, our, you know, our coaching hires, like our GM hires, everybody's excited about it. And it hurts me about Sam Darnold. And, you know, reality is reality, man. We have, we're, we're going to choose. In one week, either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. So who you yeah. got, Alex? Who you got? That's a fact for sure. I like the comparison. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna down on your parade. I would like I understand Robert Salah is a, a leader of men. I would unlike Thibodeau, Thibodeau actually had a resume and we've seen prior working as a head coach. I'll I'll temper my expectations of what Salah could do, but definitely the GMs are similar and well Leon Rose is the president of basketball operations, but they're acting in the same way, being they're being frugal with the books. They're trying to get the right culture guys in there. They're trying to get the people who want to compete on a night in and night out basis. So that I can I can get behind as well. But who am I going with to get to the main question? The the main thing? Oh man. It's tough, man. I think it's I like Justin Fields. I've lightened up to Zach Wilson after having Jake Hatch on. It's tough, man. I honestly would be happy with either one. Um, I'm not, I'm probably would lean a little bit more Wilson, I guess, just slightly like 51, 49 going Wilson just because of what Jake Hatch told us and how quick release wants to be on the move. It kind of goes with the, with the Will Four you know, offense that we have going. So I might, I'll give it a slight edge, but I think either way, I don't think you could be wrong with these two type of quarterbacks. I think it's hard to even get a read on Justin Fields just because, and I really lay it on to Urban Myers being a head coach for Ohio State. I know we talk about the stink with Ohio State quarterbacks, but I think it's different with, with uh, Justin Fields just because new head coach, new program, only two years being there, you know, they faced Alabama, they faced Clemson, they've gone to the BCS twice. I think there's something legitimately there with Fields. Um, I know he was a little bit more showboaty, as we had Jay Stevens talk about, and I I don't want to see that, but I like the athleticism and his size as well. So it's really tough, but I'd probably give a little slight nudge to Zach Wilson as of right now, I kind of go back and forth throughout the day, just what I read and how I feel. But as of right now, it's slightly Zach Wilson. It could change tomorrow in all honesty. <laughs> but that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at right now. How about yourself? So you're not in love? 
I'm not in love with with anyone, honestly. There's this is not like Sam Darnold. I was in love with Darnold, just the prospect, knowing who he is. The unanimous should have been number one overall over Baker, besides Baker Mayfield, even though Baker's been playing played well under um Stefanski this past season, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like that situation. And even when we got Sanchez, I wasn't in love with either Sanchez or Stafford. Like I would have wanted Stafford because he was the better prospect, but I'm not in love with either one of these guys, honestly. How about you? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, I feel like there is a little bit of pressure on Zach Wilson, even though we didn't trade up for him like we traded up for Sanchez because we had some pressure as soon as we traded up for Sanchez that he had to pan out right away. Darnold kind of had a leeway because he fell to us, right? And honestly, if we didn't have the second pick, Darnold would have been here. And Joe Douglas even said that. Joe Douglas said if we had the third pick of the draft, we would have kept Sam Darnold, which means to me that the pick is Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, we had yesterday some news drop about Justin Fields that he's battling epilepsy. I'm not sure where that news came from. I'm not sure if I mean, typical, right? Typical NFL news the week before the draft, something that's going to bring down a player's stock. I mean, we see it every single year. So I can't be shocked about it. I can't be surprised about it. And I, honestly, I don't know how much stock and value I'm supposed to give to it. But the one thing I do know, Alex, is that Zach Wilson is coming here. Zach Wilson is going to be present at the NFL draft. He accepted that invitation and Trevor Lawrence isn't, so he's going to be the big skeptical there. He's going to be the guy. Everyone's going to be talking to him. I don't, I'm excited about Justin Fields as a player. It bothers me again. I keep repeating this, but it bothers me that everybody talking about how Justin Fields is perfect for the Kyle Shanahan system when the Jets are literally running the same exact system as Kyle Shanahan because LaFleur came from there, which I get because Kyle Shanahan has done this before. Right. As a coordinator and as a head coach, so he's proven it. So I get it. You know, I'm, I'm not like over here upset and like, why not us? Why, you know, why not talking about us? But I, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm in my feelings a little bit about the Jets, Alex, because everywhere I look, whether it's Mark Schlereth, whether it's people, you know, in the media, talking about how incompetent we are or how we can't draft quarterbacks or how quarterbacks should all stay in school and forego millions of millions of dollars so they can go to the Jaguars instead of the Jets. Like none of it, none of, I don't get any of it. And then even, I mean, Alex, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Ted Lasso, but Ted Lasso, the football, the American football coach who goes to coach the soccer league, he's literally the nicest man in TV history. He even took a shot at the Jets. I mean, there's, 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 there's no, there's no stopping this for the trailer of season two. One of the biggest shows won all the awards. They, they take a shot at the Jets. I mean, it's it, at this point, it's become an international story to make fun of the Jets. So I'm just so sick of it, man. I mean, let's, let's also think back to what was it? Um, uh, you know, the show too. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, where the guy, the last got? thing, the last thing, the last, the last. Good news or good publicity from the Jets was when they had Flash Gordon. We had the Ted One and Ted Two uh, appearances, <laughs> right? Th- that was like the last, you know, pop culture reference with the Jets that kind of put a smile on my face. And I mean, I guess the 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 one 
you know, spin, positive spin I could take on all of it is as soon as um, the Disney show Soul made the joke about the Knicks, we ended up turning the, you know, the Knicks ended up turning it around. So yeah. hopefully uh, it's the same thing with the Jets. Hopefully we've officially hit rock bottom with Ted Lasso making fun of us. I, I, I know we're going off track, but it's really not off track because it, it, it's, it's all about the, the second pick in the draft. And it, that's where it's all going to start with Zach Wilson. And everyone is scared that we're going to be wrong, right? It's, we're going to be wrong with Darnold, right? Because now I kind of like Carolina and I like what Carolina is doing. And the fact that, you know, we'll, we talk about it in the et cetera. But, you know, they could potentially trade down now because they got their quarterback. Like, I wish that was us. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm almost I'm jealous. And we had him. And they had Robbie Anderson. And they have Matt Rule, who we interviewed. And then it was denied because we insisted on keeping Greg Williams. And he wanted his own defensive coordinator. Like, all this, this nonsense, man. Yeah, no, it's a lot of nonsense. And it's curb your enthusiasm that I was thinking about last season where I forget the, the guy's character because I'm not. Yes. I, I, you know. Yes. Talking, that character is me. That character is me. It dies. <laughs> yes. Who kills himself because of the Jets. The damn Jets. That's us. All the That's time. That's me, dude. That's literally All the me. time. All the time. Green and white will do it to you. But, hey, it's it definitely is rock bottom. I think Adam Gase put on such a stench, such a stench on this team where you couldn't help but make fun of how bad the organization was ran that out of all the head coaching hires and this is what's the worst part right out of all the head coaching hires you think all right you guys could have had matt rule no we chose adam gase a guy who just bottomed out in miami so it, it to some extent we do deserve it uh, where we do deserve this comedy where oh how could the jets go with adam gase and just make this type of decision i get it um but at the same time, I get I get the joking, but I when it comes to and I get the joking in pop culture references, I don't understand the joking when it comes to someone like Ryan Clark, you know, where your analysis is that, oh, just stay in college for one more year, like the Jaguars are any better? Literally out, trying like, to like, get home games in London, Alex. Like that that is their goal. Their goal is to get more home games in, in London. How does that even make any sense? That just does, doesn't make any sense. Or just saying, I like your new head coach. I like your GM, leader of men, but the organization sucks. How can you be so bad that you have someone who's a good hire? Yeah. You know, it's the it's the it's the same thing with the Knicks. Oh, they hire they hire Leon Rose. It's a bad like it's a good hire. Like people talk about, like even Bill Simmons mentioned how good of a hire it was, and then. People are still skeptical. Oh, they didn't really do anything free agency. How's this all going to work out? Now we're fourth in the Eastern Conference on an eight-game winning yeah. streak. So to all you who love to write those hit pieces without doing any analysis, kudos. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's the same I'm, thing for the Jets. It's the same thing for yeah. the Jets. So we'll, we'll move on from our old rant and, you know. I, I'm just hoping I'm just hoping Zach Wilson could, could – could because that's the first pick and it's already it feels like it's set in stone and so there's really no reason to go and talk about it we've all talked to death about it we got the underwear olympics we got the byu games we talked about literally every single byu game that he's played in we talked about his off the field stuff we even talked about his mom okay where it's, it's it's all over there's nothing Done else everything. there's nothing else to mention about zach wilson it's all set in stone but we before we move on we just wanted to i guess Say that we're going to miss Sam Darnold. We're 
going to be excited for that Jets-Carolina game, but we're going to be having our eye on Carolina because that's really what could have been with the Jets. You know, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, the trade down, Matt Rule. So it's really fun to keep an eye on. But we're also excited to have Wilson come in here and a competent staff, front office, coaching staff, and hope. And I mean, he definitely got some skill players, but you know, and also let's see what Joe Douglas does with the rest of the draft, which we're about to get into because we have six picks within the first three rounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're killing it, man. We're killing it for the next two years. So let's talk about it, man. And let's start with the 23 pick. I have this crazy feeling that we're going to trade up. We're going to use that 23rd pick and one of next year's picks and maybe like a late rounder this year and trade up with one of these people that want to trade down. I just have this weird feeling. I don't know who it's going to be for, you know, and my, my speculation is that it is for Kyle Pitts. Like if somebody, Mm. but right now he's minus 150 to go to Vegas odds to go to Atlanta at four. So, you know, if he's not going to, we're not going to trade up all the way to four. But if he is, you know, but if he's falling, you know, and people are drafting quarterbacks and he's in the, he's in the Cowboys Carolina range, as we talk about, and et cetera, I could see that sort of trade up. I don't really see a trade up for anyone else. Well, maybe Chase, but I, I don't see trading up for a wide receiver like that. Sewell, if he's super dropping, maybe to like the 10, 11, 12 range, maybe, but I don't know. They, they seem really confident in font at right tackle. They seem really confident in McGovern, honestly, at center. I don't, I don't see them trading up for those pieces. So let's just start with that. Do you see a trade up scenario? At least with the first round? I do think there's definitely going to be maneuvering in the late rounds. We know that Joe Douglas loves to play around in the draft, but at least for the 23rd, cause we could kind of talk about that, project that a little bit before the draft starts with some, you know, intelligent, uh, hypotheses rather than just guessing. So do you think, what do you think about the potential move up at 23? I don't really see a potential move up, I guess, for Pitts, but even that, he'd have to drop pretty, pretty far. I actually think he has to go past 13, 14 to even have a real consideration for the Jets to move up just to make it even kind of a, a cheap option. I just think they stay at 23. I think they're going to try, if they're going to package some of those assets, I think they're going to package it to get someone who's a sure thing. I don't know who's a really a sure thing in this draft. What? what about like an Elijah Vera Tucker if he's dropping a little bit? Or maybe, you know, one of the ta- the two tackles, you know, Slater or, 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 you know, Jenkins or one of those guys. Like, do you think, you think move up for one of those guys or do you think we'll kind of stay put at 23, you know, throwing those names out there? I guess maybe Slater, but I still think they could stay around there. I still think they stay at the 23rd and I think they take someone there. Honestly, I'm always talking about the center, Creed Humphrey. I like how Creed Humphrey plays um, after doing a little film watching on him. But I, I don't like that's personally my choice. I see them taking alignment, though. I don't know. I don't know who you say they're comfortable with McGovern. I know McGovern has also played some guard. I don't know how sure they are on Alex Lewis. Alex Lewis, I, I don't think anyone's sure on him. I think he's just hanging for now. Yeah, but that's why it looks like it looks like Creed Humphrey's gonna drop. I don't think that I, I also like Creed Humphrey, but I don't think he's gonna be there for twenty three because it's not a premium position and he's gonna be falling into the second round ish. But for me, I mean, from what I'm reading, Alex, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a draft expert, okay? I'm not Duke, uh, you know, Mayweather. I'm not I'm not 
here to tell you that I'm this super scout. But mm-hmm. what, from what I'm reading, Vera Tucker, the, he, he's the perfect guard to be in this wide zone. And so if he's hovering, I could see why we could be like, you know what, guys? The perfect guard is here. We have to get, we have to jump up to grab him, you know, or, you know, that's a, that's the same idea with Kyle Pitts. The perfect tight end is there. Let's jump up to grab him. I don't really see anyone else there. Mika Parsons is not, is not that guy. I don't think there's really, uh, Najee Harris is not that guy. Jace Horn is not that guy. I don't think we're going to draft him because we, you know, we're, we're, again, we're, we're going with the zone cornerbacks. I don't think Horn is going to be that guy at 23 for us. And that's why I don't really think there's going to be a lot of movement in the first round. I think they're going to stay pat and take whoever's at 23. I think it's going. To, I think it will be a guard. Um, and you're saying the, the kid's name is Tucker. I mean, Vera Tucker from USC is, is has been projected all over the place. Okay, he, he's he's supposed to, he's amazing. He really is amazing. He's perfect for our system. Before, you know, while, during this during the season, he was projected to be a second round pick. At the time that Wyatt Davis was like this, like top ten pick, like during during those days, and now Wyatt Davis is all the way down, you know, in the second round, and now Vera Tucker is like a top eleven pick. That's when also Slater was in the, you know, you know, down bottom, and now Slater is better than Sewell. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, a lot of you know, a lot of noise. But Vera Tucker is the best zone guard. In the draft, that's that's a guarantee. And then the question with who's the best zone tackle, it's a question mark between Sewell and Slater. Mm. I don't know how fast they want to work on tackle because Font is there. Is Font is there? I think they're fine with Font. I think they're really trying to sure up the interior line. So if Tucker's the guy that, that they're that is going to work in the system, then I can see Tucker being the one chosen that or a center. That's where I go with Creed Humphrey because he's projected to be one of the better centers out there. So, but if you're, if you're saying that he's going to drop into the second round, maybe this is where I would say someone who wants to move up to 23 in the first round, maybe they move back into the second round to go get a Creed Humphrey if that's who they want. If they're not looking for a guard, you know, I could see them doing more of a trade back than moving the trade up unless someone like Pitts has just fallen so far where they just know they have to jump in front of someone like, I don't know, Dolphins who have another pick in the teens, right? That's the only time I could see something like that happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For 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 the, for those for the 23 position, I'm I'm very I'm just very curious about that. Again, Elijah Vera Tucker, he would he would change us. He 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 really could be a Joe Thune type guy, so he he could change us. We also are rumored to be around a couple of other offensive linemen. I guess we're just gonna have to see how that works out. I know that Wyatt Davis has been a big name, like we always mention. I know that uh, we have the Jenkins. He's he's been mentioned around the Jets as well. They're both they both look nice. I'm excited to see how our line shapes up. And, of course, that's going to make a big difference for Zach Wilson and the future of the Jets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But jumping up to, I mean, just let's just stay on that side of the ball since we did quarterbacks. We did, we touched on the linemen. Let's jump to running backs. We we even talked about Najee Harris a little bit because you don't think, we don't think we're going to get Najee Harris either, right, at 23? Running back. Yeah, no chance. Exactly. 
No. That's all noise. It's all noise. And even what about Travis Etienne, right? From Clemson. He's gonna go he's gonna go soon too, like second, third round. We're not grabbing a running back in the second, third round, right? We're not doing a running back. There's no re- Okay. We're not doing I'm not back. crazy here. I'm not I, I I'm, I'm glad to be validated here. Who 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 was this? The jet beat is saying this? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Not exactly the jet beat, but everybody's talking about, you know, how the Jets should get Harris, the Jets should get Etienne from Clemson, but we're not getting these guys because they're Stop so it. high. Stop it. They, you're not so, wasting you're not wasting you're not wasting a first rounder on a position that you can wait for last to take care of. Like, I don't even think top last? I don't even I'd be shocked if we even get them in the, in the third round. I wouldn't mind a running back in the third round. We have two. I know. I wouldn't mind a running back in the third round. I would I would be a little aggravated if we took a running back in the first two rounds. Yeah. Unless we just shirt up a lot of the offensive line, but that's not happening in this draft. So we're gonna take a quarterback, which is Zach Wilson, and then we're gonna take an offensive lineman, whether it's a guard or a center. Mostly most likely a guard from what you're reading. Other than that, a running back, we're taking a running back. We're gonna take a running back to be third or fourth. We're not spending high capital fourth, on a third, running third fourth round, not third, fourth pick, because we have yes, a, we we still, we still have a couple of picks up there. I, I still want to get to before that, and we'll, that's going to be a, hopefully a linebacker or two. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm. But there's some running backs, man, that I I like in the late rounds. I really really like, and I I just want to mention it now so we can keep our eyes on it. And of course, we're going to have some more clarity as the week goes on, and we'll be doing some more writing and reading, honestly, from not the Jets beat, but from people who are plugged in. And they know how the Jets are operating. So, for me, man, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Absolute monster. Absolute monster. Forget the fact that he ran, I think, uh, was, I mean, you can't really believe the 40-yard dashes this year. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about them. His social media posts this year had like a 4-3-6. And then he had other times listed during the senior bowl, like 4-5 and a 4-4-8. So, like, who knows really how fast he's running, but he's really fast, okay? His his biggest problem is that he's kind of small, like he's six foot, 210. So that's that's his biggest issue. But in 2019, because he opted out this, this past year, and that's what's so interesting, man. There's so many players that opted out that are going to be drafted so high because of the tape from 2019 that we just that are just not being talked about. And I think Hubbard is one of those guys. He had 21 touchdowns, 2,000 yards. He was averaging six and a half yards per carry, man. He was an absolute beast. He's good in the wide zone. That's someone I would keep my eye on for late. Another guy is Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Another wide zone guy looks like Antonio Gibson, dude. And I know it might be kind of lazy because Antonio Gibson also played at Memphis. But he really looks like him. He could line up as a wide receiver. He can move around, kind of Tevin Coleman-ish, right? And he could kind of learn behind him. We got LaFleur. I kind of like that. And my last guy, which no one believes me, man. No one believes me that I used to like Daniel Jones at Duke because I always watch Duke games. I just, I just always The ACC is always on for some reason. I'm, I'm just a big fan. I love I used to love their kicker. That's why I always try to get their kicker back for the Jets that tries out every year. Um, but Deion Jackson from Duke, dude. He was an absolute beast this year. Again, he's a little bit short, 5'11", 218 pounds, you know, and, and that's the scary part. But if we can grab him late or even on an undrafted side, just like late, throw him on. 
I really like Deion Jackson. I think he could be good. Another wide zone guy. Okay. And you're saying this is for the second round? No, 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 no. These are all third, like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like undrafted. You know, just like late. Like Hubbard's probably going to go third, like late third, maybe the fourth. You know what I mean? But, I mean, Gainwell and Deion Jackson, those are late guys. Okay. What do you think about Houston's wide receiver, Marquis Stevenson? Stevenson's good for wide receiver. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, Stevenson's good. I, I, I just, I don't know if the Jets are really going. I know the rumor is that we want wide receivers, yada, yada, yada. When we were going through the list, man, do you think the Jets are really going to spend the draft pick on a wide receiver? I really don't know. We have Question. so many holes. We have so many holes and we spent free agency on wide receivers. We spent last year draft picks on wide receivers. We have a bunch of wide receivers that we resigned that we are pretty confident in. At least mm-hmm. the staff is. I don't know if we're going to be drafting wide receivers, dude. Yeah. The thing I would say is that if we need to sure up someone after for Jamison Crowder, because we don't know if Jamison Crowder is going to be here after this season. Maybe you want to take care of that right now. Maybe because you always brought up Jamison Crowder, someone who they could potentially cut to just save money. Right. And why not go young that way? That's no reason I would think about it. I, I I'm not sure. So you think uh, you're looking for a slot, a slot wide receiver, but even still you can use a burner on the outside and play Mims around in all those, in any position, say them with Corey Davis. You can do, you can do that. Yeah. There's some good slot receivers in the draft. The only problem is, wide receiver for me, wide receivers that project as slot receivers in the NFL. Like, remember Andy Isabella last mm-hmm. year? He was supposed to be the man, and he had he put on such good tape, and he honestly phenomenal tape. It just didn't work out. The only wide receivers in my head that are that are slot projecting like that is. Waddle and Smith. And I think, I think, I think Chase is way better than Justin Jefferson. I think Chase from LSU, who took off last year, is, I mean, if you don't know Justin Jefferson, go watch some, <laughs> go watch some NFL tape from last year, but he's better than him. And he was actually his under him at LSU. And he's going to be a number one wide receiver. Chase is someone I would trade up for. Like that, 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 that would change our team. I don't think that would happen. We are obviously. Full on wide receivers. I don't think we would trade up for one like that. But speaking of slot receivers, if you really want a slot wide receiver to back up Jameson Crowder and you don't want to use a draft pick, look no further than Dax, man. Dax Milnay, the guy from BYU, Zach Wilson's boy. He's literally known him since junior high. He was his leading wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? And he's, he's, he's a possession slot wide receiver. He's not the yak guy, the yards after catch guy like you love, like LaFleur loves, like Jameson Crowder is, like Berrios is. But that's who we could learn from. And you know, and Berrios is a backup slot and he's pretty good at it, honestly. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, you know, say for a brief moment, I forgot about Ber- Berrios. I don't even know why. Come on, man. Uh, come on. I know. We Disappointing, Alex. Screw, screw, screw drafting a slot. We got Barrios. If we lose, <laughs> forget it. All right, how, let's let's change it up though. How about this? You talk about that we need inside linebackers, right? What if we win linebackers? Yeah, we we need coverage linebackers. Do we? Because we, we, we got the mostly can mostly can tackle the running backs. That's fine, right? But still, we're gonna need linebackers who can go in coverage, right? What about uh, Jeremiah Awusu? 
Koromoa from uh, Notre Dame. How do you feel about him? I love him. I love him. He is a first-round grade. Everywhere I look, I love him on Notre Dame, even though they had a kind of wacky season. (sighs) The only problem, man, is he is kind of small, and it worries me. It matters because he gets roughed up by O-linemen. When I was reviewing, you know, people, professionals review the tape because I'm not watching Raw, you know, you know, 11 on 11. That's not what I'm doing to watch college NFL tape to be, you know, completely transparent and candid. I'm watching professionals break down, you know, what they're seeing. And I'm watching multiple avenues of it. And from what I see from him, I mean, he's good. He's not, he's not bad, but. And he's probably my top coverage linebacker, but I'm not drafting him in the first round. He's not that good. You know what? For me. I'm, so we're, we're sitting here. We're talking in the second round now. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Zach Wilson's gone. We got the guard. Maybe we even got Humphrey first sec, first pick of the second round already. And now we're talking about like that second, second round pick. And that's where we're going to start addressing this. You know what I mean? Cause like Mika Parsons not going to be there. He's nice. You know, Kamara's good. But I, I, I just I don't I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna even be there. And I don't think we should trade up for him. I think he will fall I think he'd fall to the second round, in all honesty. We everyone we we've gone through this who so many years in the past, people who should be first round grade to then drop to the second round were like, Oh my god, how did they fall to the second round? And you know, they project him to be a late first round or somewhere between the twenty between our range, twenty three 23 to 30. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he is early second round and that's where we are. We are early second round. So yeah. we could, we could snag him there. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'd be happy to, because we do need that coverage linebacker. And I'm not really too worried about size. Granted, you've talked about him getting beat up uh, in college. I think he would, I think he'd come around and use his mobility in the NFL and really help us in a way that, we miss because we don't need tight ends just burning us every single day. Uh, we don't need Darren Waller just like f- flying up and down for 200 yards on us. I think he'd be. Sure. I, think he'd be I mean, I agree. I agree with you, but I, I, he's not the answer. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a linebacker. Yeah, give me the answer. Zay Von Collins from Tulsa. He is six five, two sixty, and he is an absolute beast on the field, dude. He is a coverage maniac, and I think he is. His physicality is unbelievable. I think he's he's the type of guy that shows up on the Jets and changes the system. He reminds me of Demario Davis, Double D. I'm watching him on the I'm 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 watching again watching the the professionals break down his tape. He looks like Double D everywhere he goes. When I'm watching uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, I don't know he he just he looks like Leonard Floyd. He kind of looks like him. He was the the linebacker from Georgia who went to Chicago. It's just it's not that impressive. He's okay, you know. That's what the, that that that's what he looked like. He's not bad, you know. what I mean, he's good. He's in the NFL. He's getting a second contract. He's fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't think he really fits our mold. But Zevin Collins, man, he is. If I, I he is the type of guy who I could see showing up on the Jets and really killing it. Okay, okay. You know, I like all the linebacker talk. And I think those are some realistic options. Can, can I throw one more in if you're, if you're going to sure. move on from linebacker talk? Sure. My last guy, because I've, I've been mentioning him all year, and I know you've heard me 
talk about him a lot, but I'll, because this is the draft episode, I just want to throw him out there. Chad, Chad Surratt. Oh, yes. Chad Surratt, the, the quarterback from UNC who became the coverage linebacker. Yes, on his first play from scrimmage, he gave, he blew the coverage and gave up a running back, like 90, whatever, 70 yard touchdown. Yes, that happened. And that's the number one play. When you pull up tape on him, that's the first thing that comes up every single time. And it's fair. Sure. But he gets, he got so much better since that play. The only thing he needs to work on is his knowledge of being a linebacker. And I think that somebody like Salah could, he, he, his eyes will be flashing like, Oh, that's all I have to teach him. He has, he has all the other intangibles. He obviously loves the game. He's very physical. He's very fast. He's very smart. He just needs to get acclimated to the pace of the game at the linebacker, see the fronts from the other angle. And I think Salah is going to see that and see his character. Joe Douglas is going to see that character and that's going to translate. And I'm really hoping that we grab two. We get Collins and Surratt. I don't know how long Surratt's going to stay. I'm hoping to be a fourth rounder because he's, you know, a transitioner kind of guy. So I'm hoping that he falls, but I'm really, that'd be sick for me. Oh, if we get Hubbard at running back and then we get Collins and my boy Surratt at linebacker, I will be, no one will be happier than me. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I think another position that we need, I don't know about you. Do you think we need to still upgrade the edge? I think that's still a position that even though, you know, we took, we signed um, Lawson this off season. I think that's still an area that we could still shore up on the other side. I'm Vinny Curry. We got Vinny Curry too from from Philly. He's he, he's he's also True. on edge. Yeah, but Vinny but Vinny Curry, unlike unlike Watson, Watson's here for a longer period of time, right? So yeah, oh yeah. I think I think I think we might want to have to reassure ourselves mm-hmm. through the draft. And I'm going to throw out some names for you, and I want to hear your takes on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? What round are we talking? Well, I'm looking somewhere. I'm thinking second or third round. Okay. Second or third I, round. I, I, honestly, I, I don't think so, but it's possible. Let's go. Who how we got? Do you, how, far do you think, how, how far do you think we go back? Fourth? I don't know. Just in my head, it's just not a priority. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do get I do get your sentiment. You it's just not a priority. So if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm not even thinking about an edge rusher. It's not even on my mind. So let's play, then let's play this game. What are you thinking then? On defense, you're thinking cornerback. Yeah, I could, I could see that, but again, I, I could also, I, I could also see that they have Sherman on the back burner, and then Bryce Hall's a rookie still. Lamar Jackson is still a rookie. You know, my head, bless Austin, is still young, so I feel like they can grab a CB later on and kind of squeeze him in there. But you know what we don't have, Alex, and no one's talking about. We don't have a slot corner, dude. We don't have a nickel. We, so it doesn't exist. <laughs> like we don't. Even, like it doesn't. Like he's not on the team. So then, why not draft a corner? <laughs> I'm saying that that that's that's uh, you know because we always think outside corner, outside wide receiver, like the slot corner nickel. Slot and, you know, corner. yeah. Go ahead. Joyner doesn't want to play slot corner either. He wants to play safety. Yeah, a slot corner. I feel that you could find. Because there's such a special corner, right? It's a specialist position that you can probably find in the fourth round. So are you thinking fourth, fifth round for someone around that around that range? That I'm not. You're not taking a. You're not drafting a corner in the second 
or third round just to play slot. They're they're an outside corner. Um, I, I'm not third. I'm saying th- sorry. Third is kind of like the in between, depending on how high and how you're really feeling. So who who do you have in mind for third? I'm let's just keep, or we could just keep going through the options because if you're thinking corner, it sounds like the defense is already set in your mind. I think that you could still work on the defense and get something ready for the future because you still want to have that in the pipeline. And if there's someone that you like right now, you want to take care of that and nip it in the butt rather than waiting for the following season saying, Hey, let's just wait now and go figure it out. And to just play devil advocates with myself, devil advocate with myself. If you're thinking the second, third round is something that you could just fix the following season, then I get it. Why you can wait until the following next year. And you're, if you're not seeing anyone that's so crucial, but I still think the defense, even though it's set to a certain degree, I still think that it can use some backup work, especially at the, depending on how Joe Douglas values talent. Is it Are we filling by positional need or are you just taking the best talent available? You know, even with Jamal Adams, they still drafted Ashton Davis, right? So that's that's just the way I'm looking at it. I don't know if Joe Douglas is ever satisf- satisfied with who he signed, even for one year. That's what that's how I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, that that's all fair. Uh, I mean, the we, we we do need an upgrade at cornerback, right? Richard Sherman is not really the answer for me. I, of course, Jace Horn is good, but I, I don't really see us taking him in the with the, with the in the first round. And I think he's going to be a first round pick because we're we we have you know other needs. Like a guard and honestly guard and linebacker. There's real, and this is where it's like so tough because we do need more offensive line help. This is where, yeah, I, this is where I like, this is where I could understand people just throwing a running back in there, just saying, hey, maybe we can't just do offensive line, but it's okay. It's like when you're doing a multiple choice test and you have five questions in a row that you feel are like C, 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 you're just like, this doesn't feel right. It's okay. It sometimes is right. And I would be happy if the Jets just go very offensive line heavy within the first few rounds because we do need offensive line help. McGovern, Lewis, Ben Roten, these guys are not necessarily the guys of the future to play offensive line. And you got to back up. I know we have uh, we have your boy in the wings waiting that Duke Mayweather always says could play any position. Cam uh, Clark. Cam Clark. So maybe we just take two, you know, maybe we go two and then we take a running back in the third. I don't know. There, I mean, the so rumor is the rumor is Tevin Jenkins, right? Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, the offensive lineman. The, the, everyone's saying the Jets love him. And they're saying he, yes, he's a, he's a offensive tackle, but he can move to guard. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I, th- those players have to get drafted early. Uh, the Vera Tucker or whether it's Jenkins or whoever it is. Wyatt Davis, maybe, you know, he's still in the mix. Creed Humphrey. Those guys, like, they have to be drafted in the beginning. But you're right. The, the cornerbacks, like, it's obviously still a need. So we, there's Greg Newsome. He could fit anywhere. He, the, the kid from uh, Northwestern, he was an absolute beast. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Elite closing speed downfield, dude. The guy is so fast. <laughs> Watching Caleb Farley was a, a treat. Honestly, he's really good, but he had he had back surgery, so I don't know how those medicals, you know, play out. That's going to be for them to figure out. Asante Samuel is another guy, but he's kind of small. I think his name really helps him. He's good. Mm. I don't know if that's a guy that we would get, 
But one guy, one cornerback that I do think is interesting, and I do think he could find his name on the Jets. And it's interesting because you kind of mentioned it with the slot cornerback is a guy named Aaron Robinson from UCF. He was a slot corner, but he also played on the outside, and he was an absolute monster, bro. He was seriously, he was one of the lead anchors for UCF. And those are the type of guys that I see Joe Douglas picking out. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's so it's so hard, man. I feel like this draft, it's not like previous drafts where you know first two rounds, right? There's just a lot of people that can go that you're you're so locked in on. And I think this is just a product of COVID where not we didn't get a, a true season, college football season. Everyone didn't really get the full analysis that they're so used to doing. So it's kind of it's kind of chopped up, if that makes sense, where we're getting you know, I, I'm seeing draft boards that have Travis Etney going to us at 34 from Clemson. And I'm just like, really? We're taking a running back at two? Like in the second round? Not at two, but like in the second round, the 34th pick? It's kind of a little weird for me. I, I, I just don't see that happening unless, you know, your running back, keep going through this. Like you, your running back is just a position that could be filled last and they have such a short window. You don't know how short that window is. So, and we don't even know, we still got to work with Zach Wilson. <laughs> so I just don't know how realistic this is. Yeah, tough, that, I, so. I agree. I agree. But, you know, speaking of Wilson, and you, you mentioned it before, you wanted to talk about the wide receivers and giving, you know, Zach Wilson more skill positions. You had that guy from Houston. Tell me about the wide receiver from Houston that you had mentioned. Oh, I don't Tell me, talk about the wide receiver Mewson. You know, like I have some, I have, I have some, I have some wide receivers that I like. I don't think the Jets are going to get. But besides, you know, the top three guys, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota is an absolute beast. If we if we end up getting him for whatever reason, you know, Joe Douglas maneuvers his way and we end up grabbing him, I'd be ecstatic. You do have the slot receiver like you asked for, and Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. That's he's he's kind of nice. Yeah. So I like Marquis Steven just because of speed. He's a speed demon. What I saw from Houston, granted, he was in that same con- – he was he was playing against BYU, that type of competition. So it, you can go back and forth. But when you watch him on the field, you just see that he has absolute burners. And I think that's something that we're missing. We need someone who can just stretch the field. And if we're looking for someone to fit into, you know, a floor system of just spread – he would be on the outside, and the mm-hmm. only reason he's on the outside is because you have Mims and Corey Davis who can just fit in anywhere you want, and that's where I think it's okay to take someone on the outside like this. That's just my opinion, and we, we're going to need a deep threat. Just think about who they had out in San Francisco too, right? Yeah, I mean, Cor- I think Corey so Davis Marquis, is a deep threat. I think, I think Davis and Mims are deep threats. Call me crazy. Are, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not deep threats, but they're not absolute burners. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you think about – Marquise Goodwin, you're thinking about an absolute burner. I'm not thinking about someone who's when I hear the name Goodwin, I'm not thinking about someone who can who has this magnificent magnificent route tree that you just unleash him on all cornerbacks. I think of him just like what he did in Buffalo too, just put him on a go route and you just throw it down deep. And not saying that uh Stevenson couldn't be, couldn't have a diverse route tree, but from what I saw. Just the speed alone, I would like that um, on this team because we do need it, especially since we don't have Robbie Anderson. You saw what that you saw what happens when you have when you can have someone that could just take the top off of the defense, right? Mm-hmm. It just allows mm-hmm. for that 
big play capability. And that's what you need in the NFL too, to just get some of those, I say easy points, mm-hmm. but they're not really easy because you have to connect. And those are probably the deep, the, the toughest points to get, but they're easy. If you catch that guy in stride, I think we just need someone like that on the edge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think Bateman could be that guy to be honest with you for the slot receivers. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, Beast, Terrace Marshall from LSU. He actually took over Justin Jefferson's spot, who got drafted. He was he was really good in the slot, and he didn't have Joe Burrow. So he might even be better than Justin Jefferson. At the end of the day, he, he played really well. The one the one um, underdog for me besides Dax Milnay, who I think is honestly going to end up on our team as an undrafted free agent slot, the guy from BYU, I really – I have really – Really, truly think that. Kadarius Tony from Florida. He was really good this year. And talk about Yak. I think he did he I'm not sure if he led the league, but he had I think 43 broken tackles. I mean, absolute beast at wide receiver, yo. That's the kind of guy that I could see the Jets grabbing late round and being a yak guy, kind of just adding to the mix. That'd be nice too. It depends on what the type of style though. When we when we think about the Wolf, the Lafleur system coming from a Shanahan tree, we have those guys that can get Yak and Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. I don't think you need three guys. I don't think you need three guys doing it or four if you have put Barrios. Actually, five, four Barrios, Crowder, <laughs> Davis, Mims. They all can get Yak. This is where I want someone who can just go down the field and get, you know. Catch that fifty-yard touchdown. Just beat the defense. You just need one Dude, of those guys. You didn't even mention the Smiths, Agent Smiths. Plus, I really like Lawrence. Okay, Cager. you you I you watch it over there with the Smiths. All right, I like Vincent Smith too. All right. But no, that's what I'm saying. Was, They're pretty good. Real, and, and Lawrence but, Cager, he's really good, dude. He's really good. He can moss people. He's an end zone Cager, threat. Cager's just so raw, man. He's just so he's raw, huge. He's huge, but he's just so raw. I just need to see more. You could draft these guys. This is where you could just draft these guys. That's the good thing about the third round. They're so cheap, man. So cheap. This is not first round. This is not first round. This this isn't first round. (laughs) Zach Wilson's going to be getting the big bags. Yeah. Big bag, man. Big bag. But that's, that's all I got for, for draft. What about yourself? Honestly, me too, but I can't let this go. Without, I know I, I kind of I swear alluded to God, if we bring up a kicker, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I'm going to bring up because I alluded, to, I alluded to Ross Martin, the guy from Duke who shows up every year. His fi- poor guy has a finance job, shows up every year to try to kick for the Jets. Poor we guy always, has a finance job. <laughs> <laughs> and we never, we never, we never let him join the team, <laughs> even though we have no kicker. Poor guy doesn't get the hint. We have, we're trying to take over the world with six-round picks, Alex. One of those better be a stupid kicker. We have no kicker. So Evan McPherson from Florida, he kind of had a weird year this year, but he was supposed to be a beast. We got Josh Baraglas from Miami, the U. He's my guy. I think he's. I think he'd be my my top guy. He's really accurate. He killed it at the Senior Bowl. Watch that. That's basically it. I really don't like any of the other guys out there. Uh, so just give me one of the two Florida guys so I don't think about terrible, terrible things while I'm watching Jets games because we can't hit an extra point. Man, who would have thought that after letting go of Myers and Folk Hero that it would just been. I hate Nick Folk. God, I'm so happy he's on the Patriots. 
He had one, two good seasons. I he hate Nick pretty Fool. good under Rex. I don't care. I hate Nick Fool. I hate Josh Old Myers Kira. had a good season. I'm happy we didn't pay him a zillion dollars. I hate all these kickers. Give me just give me a solid kicker for a long time. I hate Mike Nugent, your boy. Just give me a kicker. I'm not who will just stay today. around. I'm not getting angry today. You're not getting <laughs> me. It is way too late for me to get that that angry. Any final thoughts on the draft? It's a weird draft. It's different from years past. It really is. Because I feel like I know so much more about the prospects within the first three rounds. And just going through the names, and I think what really is the big issue is that, you know, when we're thinking about what we want to talk about for this podcast, the quarterback situation is just so heavy this season for the Jets because we have the number two pick that it's that's just heightened and it's just been the high topic of like, who do you take? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? Is it is it Lance? And you're just like, why is Lance even in here? Mac Jones. Dude, I love Mac Lance. Jones. I love Lance. I'm not, he's gonna I'm be not, nasty. I know. It's just, not, that's what's so knocking. crazy about this whole thing. That's what's so crazy, man. N- number one, we both—I I think we both miss our ex-girlfriend and Sam Darnold, and we're both not ready to move on. And we don't like what the grass is. We don't think the grass is greener with you know with the, with the new girl, even though everyone's telling us she's the prettiest girl in all the land. And Zach Wilson, we just don't see it, and we're kind of just waiting for her to impress us, and like we're just sitting here. And I've never not been. Ex- yeah, this I mean, I can't believe we're not excited marriage. for the second pick of the of the draft. We're getting our, our franchise quarterback. I'm not excited. It sucks. This feels like an arranged marriage. <laughs> it does. I yo, that's for facts, dude. That is a fact. I feel like I'm in an arranged marriage right now <laughs> with Zach Wilson, and we just have to make it work, dude. We just have to make it work. Oh my goodness gracious! It's still <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I have it's I so even, true. I don't even. I don't even, hate, I don't even hate the prospect. I don't even hate the kid. I don't even. I just just. It's so weird. We just miss our ex-girlfriend. That's it. We just miss her. We just miss her. We can, we're the, allowed to marry is, her, bro. This is this is the first Jets quarterback, honestly, the first Jets quarterback where post Pennington, I'm just, I'm just, hey, can we at least try one more time? When it was with Sanchez after that, after yep. we went eight and eight, I'm just, we were I was done. just like, no, we're done here. We're, I saw yeah, there was I've closure. There was closure with every single quarterback except for Darnold. You're right. There's Geno Smith. Uh, yeah, there was closure before enough. he got on the field. Yeah, yeah. Saw enough. When when Hackenberg. Uh, when, he, when he got knocked out and Fitzmagic came in, I was like, that sucks, man. I was I was quasi curious, but I was like, it's probably not gonna work out. Okay. And he's gone to the Chargers, Giants. We we've seen it. Seahawks. We know what it is at this point. Uh we didn't miss anything. Sam Darnold, though, I feel like we just gave him the rawest of raw deals. You know what I mean? I feel like we gave him of raw deals. We didn't give him anything to work with. Legitimately didn't give him anything to work with. And somehow <laughs> we all knew it got it. worse. And somehow it got worse every single year. I don't know how that's even possible. I don't know how you can have the worst offensive line your first year here and then it somehow became even worse than that. I don't even care what the grade was. You and your coach was, got worse too. Uh fascinating. Just fascinating. And I think that's really the part that irks me is that we didn't even give him a fighting chance. Because at least with Sanchez, we could say, hey, we gave this dude a fighting chance. With Geno Smith, even though we're talking about DeBrickishaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold, he still had some remnants, some se- some semblance of like a competent team that was left over from the Rex Ryan era. 
even though we didn't give him enough weapons. Like, I don't even talk to me about Stephen Hill. That that I like that man don't talk goes to me about up second there. round picks. Don't talk to me about second round picks or even first that round ma- picks. That man goes that man goes up with Mike Nugent and just like my feelings. Yeah, yeah. Or him and Golston. Um, yeah. Just oh my god, Golston's another one, and Jason Mako, another one. Oh, Amaro, yeah, it's the worst. I don't care what his name is. That's how. That's <laughs> how West. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. Um, yeah, it's, so, I like, agree. We 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 tried, but there at least there we could say we gave him a line. At least we could say we. But gave Alex, him, we gave him Chris Ivory as a running back, and then at least we tried. But I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic now. And honestly, that's how I want to end this, this episode because I'm optimistic about our coaching staff. I'm optimistic about Joe Douglas and the way he drafts. I'm optimistic Absolutely. about how he maneuvers. And I'm really excited about our draft picks. Give me Zach Wilson. That's fine. We, he, we need a quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback. That's no problem. I'm excited to see what we do at guard. I'm excited to see if Jenkins ends up on the team, if Vera Tucker ends up on the team, if Creed Humphrey ends up on the team. You know, how, how, if Wyatt Davis ends up here, I'm, I'm curious to how the offensive line is going to end up shaping up. I'm curious as to who's going to end up being our coverage linebacker, who we're going to add to the running back and wide receiver room, who we're going to add to the cornerback room. And I'm, I'm optimistic that we could shatter expectations with our backup draft picks, a la the New York Knicks. I really do. Like, you okay. know what I mean? Like, everyone's staring keep, at Obi Toppin. I'm no, seriously. Everyone's I'm staring a... at Obi Toppin. Everyone's staring at the number one, at the top pick and Zach Wilson. Everyone's obsessed with it. But I really think the number 23 pick and what we do later on is going to change everything. The IQ pick. I hear you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, buddy. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> I love it. I won't put that all out there. The good thing about the Knicks is that we all had 22 we had 24 wins we did not expect this that's what makes this even greater we did not expect iq to be who he is we didn't expect this entire team to be who they are i will stay that way for the new york jets because i'd love to be pleasantly surprised i feel like we have to go into this season with that energy of just not knowing what the hell we're going to get so i'm going to play ready for it I'm ready for it. That's how I feel going into this draft. No one's ready, but we're ready. We know how Joe Douglas drafts. We know the type of character he likes to pick up. We know what scheme we're running, and I am I am hyped, dude. I am so hyped. Let's go. That's at least at least we know what scheme we're running. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying, dude. I've never felt this way. I know I I know where we're going. I know what I'm looking for when I'm when I'm looking at tape. I know what players. I know the scheme. You know what I'm saying? I can give you linebackers. I can give you what we're looking for. We're looking for players with yak. We're looking for slot. Like I could, I could, I know those things. <laughs> you know, before I was just a complete guess. Off platform. I swear to God, I've never heard of that one before. I don't even know where that came from. Have you ever heard that off platform? In my entire life of playing football, for playing football and just watching football, never heard of this guy could throw off platform. Where did that even come from? Can someone tell me, please? Please. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll say anything these days, man. We'll say anything. I love how we just create new things. It's amazing. But on that note, John, what's, uh, it was good draft talk. We're preparing. We're bracing ourselves for next week. I like the optimism to end it off. We still miss Sam Darnold. Good luck. Good luck in Carolina. We're bracing the new future with Zach Wilson because that is the presumptive draft pick for us. Unless something kooky happens, which wouldn't surprise me either. 
Yes, it would. It would surprise me. It would surprise you. Do you have any? Do you have any final, final, quick, last guesses? My, 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 my two predictions are one: I'm gonna love Trey Lance. I think he's gonna be one of my favorite quarterbacks come from this draft. And I, two, Mac Jones is gonna end up on the New England Patriots. It's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked, by the way. Kind of, kind of, kind of shocked if Trey Lance doesn't end up on Atlanta at four. That would be weird to me. And or he's gonna end up on like Pittsburgh. I got one for you. Giants draft a quarterback in the third, fourth round. <laughs> That's what I'm predicting. Mond? Yes. I like that. Um, I like I think, I think the Giants could draft Mond later. I like that too. I think I think they'll do that. And ooh, what's a good one? What's a good one? What's a good one? I predict Where's Najee Harris going, bro? Any idea? I think he goes. I actually think we get shocked. I think we get shocked with him. I think we Uh-oh. get shocked in the sense that he gets drafted higher than expected. Uh oh. Not to the Jets. I'm not saying Jets. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. To, oh no, he's not going to the Jets. But to somebody like the Ravens, I could see Najee Harris going somewhere like the Ravens. Nah, because they had so many running backs, man. You know, yeah. having more running backs, you need. We need someone to replace Mark Ingram. Come on. Well, Ingram's gone, no? Is he? I don't follow the Ravens like that, so who I feel like he's going to go high. I just have a feeling he's going to go higher than anticipated. I don't know what team, though. I don't know what team, but I just feel like he's going to go higher than anticipated. If I had to put out a – if I had to put out – if I had to put out one, though. Yeah, Ingram, Ingram's with the Houston Rock, Houston Texans. Good gracious. Yeah. Praise that, man. He's going to need all that luck. I feel like who's a team that's just – it has a team that's just so brash – and just so, I don't know. I, do, I do, do, do. Give me, all right, fine. Give me the, give me, give me the Steelers. Done. Connor's gone. I like it. Hot, hot, hot pick. I got Najee to the Ravens. You got Najee to the Steelers. I got Trey Lance to Atlanta or the Steelers and Mac Jones to the Patriots. Let's get it going. There it is. Let's go to all right. Everybody. Let's go to etc. All right, guys, and we're back from the break. This is for the etc. Portion now, John. We got to get into some interesting stuff that's going around the league, man. We got Alex Smith retiring. We got Jordan Reed retiring. We got to talk about some draft potential uh, trade downs for the Dolphins and the Panthers. And we got to touch on the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> Unis update, which <laughs> that's comical. <laughs> so let's start off giving. Uh, let's start off with the retirements of. Alex Smith and Jordan Reed, because we talked about Alex Smith as being a potential backup for what seems to be the upcoming Zach Wilson, Justin Field, more so Zach Wilson from how everything's going. But he retired. And then we also mentioned, and more like we mentioned on this podcast, that Jordan Reed could be another potential backup tight end. You know, that's someone that we can get. He retired. So, so what are your feelings, man? Let's start off with you. I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I agree. I, I was looking forward to Alex Smith hopefully joining our uh, quarterback staff because, honestly, his resiliency, that injury was crazy. And the fact that he came back with half a leg, I mean, he has to wear that big black thing on his leg, that sleeve, but it's not a sleeve. It's like a kind of like a cast that he just always wears now. If you've ever seen his leg post-surgery, it, it's scary, man. 
And the fact that he played like real snaps in the NFL, that was really impressive. And to me, he was always kind of the Chad Pennington of our era growing up. I like that comp. I like that comp. Yeah, like he he would just he would just you know dink and dunk and read the defense and kind of just give them whatever they needed. And sometimes he would have these you know boneheaded turnovers, but not not really. But it was really when he would like ex- extend himself. That's when the turnovers would come and in desperation times. Otherwise, you know, he would just run for the six yards, throw for the four, get the first down and, you know, move the chains. And so I always liked Alex Smith. I was always looking forward to Mahomes coming in for Alex Smith. And I was always, he was always the guy that he always like looking forward for the backup QB to come in for because he's oh, like man. boring. You know what I mean? And, and, but like that's the respect. Like the Alex Smith guy, because he was always doing well, and he would, he would, every, he was always respected around the league. And when he came back, he really like solidified himself in the league. So for Alex Smith, I love that guy, man. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, uh, he's definitely what's the word for him? I guess like stand-up guy, like a true model of just what you want out of a quarterback who had when he started his career. Right? It was something that we saw with Sam Darnold and Ryan Tannehill. It didn't cut. It didn't start the right way. But he was able to get out of that hole and create a successful career, whether it was with the 49ers or with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And even with the Washington football team, just to see him come back out there, two seasons. He had two seasons with them. One, obviously, we know was cut way short because of that similar in, in, injury. Like Joe Theismann, who was there on that day, that's just bad juju, man. That is just Yo, bad that's juju. A, that's the craziest coincidence that he was that there. That is just bad juju. Anniversary. Bad juju. <laughs> That's all I got to say. If, if Joe Theismann is next to me, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm going home, bro. I'm going home. Stay away from me. I broke a leg too. I know how that feels. I'm going home. And that's worse. Alex Smith, I broke a tib and fib. That's something. Smith oh, broke the entire damn thing. That is no thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And then he had, he, had a, and he had a complication in the surgery that made it all worse. Yep. And so the fact that he came back and he was willing to play and he wanted to be a starter – and the documentary was awesome. And even his his um retirement video was great. I really loved it. It almost you know, almost made me wanna cry. <laughs> so that that's enough for me. Like that that means it was uh emotional enough for me. And then Jordan Reed, on the other hand, I will, I promise you, if you check my messages, as soon as Alex Smith News came out, I was I was a tiny bit disappointed, but I was really happy. You know, I was like disappointed because like it wasn't gonna be on the Jets. But then I was then I was really happy because he's like going to be safe almost. And I mm-hmm. would, and I sent my messages out. I can't wait for Jordan. Now to do Jordan Reed. That's literally what I said. Because oh, that's wild. Yeah. I was like, I literally said now to Jordan Reed because I, man, I, watching him play like hurts my soul. Like it, do, like I don't feel good watching Jordan Reed play. And when he gets injured on the field, it like makes me feel like a bad human being for watching football. It, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even joking. And so I was really, I'm really happy he's gone. And even the news that came out with his retirement, he went to go get a brain scan and they told him, you know, you really shouldn't play anymore. And then Jordan Reed's talking about how he now has lingering symptoms after a concussion. Whereas before he would get a concussion and then the symptoms would go away after a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then he would come back. And he's like, now it's just, I just have these like symptoms. So. Man, like that's really scary. I, I love, I always love Jordan Reed. I mean, to be honest, the way we got, he was put on the map for me was fantasy, yeah. right? That's how. And mm-hmm. then 
and then we and then we became you know fans of Jordan Reed and we started following his career. So shout out to Jordan Reed. Him and Alex Smith are like in their own. I think it's really cool that it happened together at the same time, almost their retirement. Yeah, Jordan Reed, another one that I want on the Jets, right? Follow you know follow Salah, follow uh, Lafleur. You know, come mm-hmm. he was successful last year. But I'm just so happy that he's also just like you know safe and he can enjoy his time. And I'm I'm you know I'm thankful for you know following his career and for him coming on the scene when he did. I mean Jordan Reed's awesome. Yeah, no, you you said it very well, John. Jordan Reed, and that's how I think most people knew about him because he was that tight end you picked up off the waiver wire, and next thing you know, you just started getting points in a position in fantasy that is really dead. Like if you get eight points in that position. You're doing pretty well. But Jordan Reed, it's sad because he could have had a really good career. He could have had he could have been one of the most beastliest tight ends that we saw in the league. And it just couldn't happen because of concussions. And it's so sad to hear that where his brain is just, you know, he should not be playing football. And you see that too. Like he should not be playing football. The amount of concussions that he's had, the amount of injuries in general that he's had, you just gotta walk away at some point and say, Hey, I can't do this anymore. I can't give up my body like this and not have a family or not be there for your family and stuff like that. So I'm happy that he's getting to retire. I find it interesting. Both are retiring. Both were on uh, the Washington football team. Um, I think that's, that's kind of like a coincidence as well as on the same day, but you know, shout out to those guys for good careers, man. And I know Jordan Reed wasn't as anywhere as successful as Alex Smith, because Alex Smith, even though he got benched and you had Kaepernick who went to the Super Bowl, he was still on that team. You know, he goes to Kansas City. He's still making deep playoff runs. It was a good time, man. It was a good time for both those guys. I hope they have a nice retirement and that they can live a healthy life and enjoy times with their family. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but And the last point I'll make is it's really cool that you're right. Even though Jordan Reed is not going to have the numbers and everything because of his injuries to be that you know the top echelon tight ends he was a top echelon tight end for all of us and we all you know especially anyone who's paid attention the last 10 15 years because he was getting drafted you know in those leagues i know fantasy doesn't mean that much but it kind of does because that means he's getting the most stats and he was up there with tony gonzalez every year you know gronk every year like those top tight ends so he's going to be in the hall of very good <laughs> you know what i mean and uh, i know that doesn't really mean anything but he'll get the, you know I think you'll get the praise around his peers and sometimes in professional sports that matters more than the the Hall of Fame writers 100% uh, vote. So, shout out to not every, Yeah, not everyone's lucky to get that long career in a sport and be lucky enough not to get injured or have the body not to get injured, right? Sometimes it's either luck or sometimes it's just you are that durable and he'll have the respect because if you watch football and if you know who Jordan Reed is, and you watch how he plays, you know, there's a podcast I listen to for fantasy football, and they, they had the rule, which is his number, and they're saying, you know, if he's if he's active, you play him because he will get you points, and he's that good. The fact that there's even a rule like that in fantasy just tells you how talented he is. But let's, uh, kudos to those guys. I hope they have a good retirement. hope they have good, long, healthy lives. Let's move on to the next topic that we got on hand, which is these trade-back scenarios, John. trade <laughs> Back going back scenarios. to draft stuff. Going back to draft stuff, and this time, it doesn't involve the Jets per se, but it has. We have division, division 
rival, the Dolphins, who are trying to trade down, and they're right behind us. And, I mean, like it or not, man, we are absolutely now connected to the Carolina Panthers. They have our quarterback. They have our wide receiver. And they have the coach that didn't come here because we needed Greg Williams to be the defensive coordinator. That guy. <laughs> that guy. So the Carolina Panthers are connected to us. So that's the news. The The rumor is that the Dolphins are have been getting calls about trading down. The Cowboys have been getting calls about trading down. And the Panthers have been getting calls about trading down. Which is interesting for all those counts, right? Last week, it was the Dolphins choosing Chase. Maybe they'll see that he's going to drop. We have the Cowboys who was going to trade up for Pitts because that wasn't enough. Now they want to trade back. So who knows what's going on there? Then we have the Panthers who are also thinking about, oh, we thought everyone, everyone thought they were going to take Sewell. We, we tended to agree with them. They want to trade back. Do they think Sewell's going to fall? Do they want someone else? Like maybe Rayshon Slater, maybe Jenkins, as we mentioned in the, in the Jets hour. What do you think? What do you think is going on there, man? What do you think these teams are thinking? Do you think it's just posturing? What do you think is going on here, Alex? I think these teams are actually looking to trade back. I think they're not looking to trade back, but they're open to trading back depending on the haul they would get. Because I think if we look at all three of these teams, right, whether it's the Dolphins, the the Panthers, or the Cowboys, they're not teams that are necessarily one piece away from being contenders or even whether it's in playoffs, definitely not Super Bowl uh, contenders. But... They need to add more pieces. And I think this draft, this draft for certain teams is a way just to move back and get more assets. I don't necessarily believe this is the most star studded draft that we've ever had in the NFL. There's, if you want a quarterback, the quarterbacks are there. You know, you have some good wide receivers, some decent running backs, but no one's drafting up to take a running back. As we've heard and as we've read, moving back is the idea for getting a running back. But if you need that wide receiver, if you need that tight end, if you need those O-linemen, maybe you want to move up to go get one of those guys. Maybe if you need an edge rusher or a cornerback, you move up to go get one of those guys because you are that close to getting who you need. And when you start looking at those type of teams, you think about maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, they need to move up because they need someone for the offensive line and they don't want to wait that far back. Or they need a defensive pass rusher or they need a cornerback, right? We saw how Tom Tom Brady just – sliced and diced them in the Super Bowl. Or you even think someone of the Baltimore Ravens. They need another wide receiver. It can't just be Hollywood Brown. They need someone else on the on the edge to go help because they got Mark Andrews. They got Hollywood Brown. They got Gus Edwards. Um, Shout out Tomville High School, baby. I was about Stan to Island. say you're Staten Island boy. <laughs> Look, you got, you got three guys, but you know you can't just go with one wide receiver, one tight end, and a running back. You need at least two decent wide receivers to go out to, to attack. So maybe they move up, right? And they can give up some of that capital because they have a good defense and they have they have the quarterback who they need. So you got guys like that, teams like that, that could move up. Dolphins, I actually am so curious to see what the Dolphins do because they have two first-rounders in this draft, just like the Jets, right? They got the 6th and they got the 18th. I don't know how far back they need to move. Their offense looks pretty good, Right. Forget the quarterback. Everything else on the offense clicked because you had Ryan Fitzpatrick moving them along. They got them ten. They got them ten wins. He got them ten wins. D 
Defense is pretty decent. Maybe you want to add a rusher on that side. Maybe you want to add a corner, maybe a linebacker for that team. Maybe they, they just stay. I don't know how realistic they would move back, but I think Carolina and Dallas are more so. I think they are because if you must remember Dallas's defense, that was terrible. Maybe they want to move back and get some more pieces to add to the defensive end in the future. Maybe the Panthers, even though they had a good defense, they need more offense. Sure, they lost Curtis Samuel, but are we really trusting just DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey? Robbie Anderson, as much as I love Robbie Anderson and his time on the Jets, I like him as a third option. He's a decent two. I think Max had a two, but I don't know. You can, I think they could add more pass catchers or especially a tight end on that team. Maybe they take pits, right? Maybe they stay yep. there and take pits. But I think they have to look at what they want to do to that, to that offense. Yep. So a long-winded answer is to say I could see it, but I think it also depends on what they're getting back. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a, with a lot of what you said. The only qualms I'll say is there is no premier edge rusher to trade up for in the top mm-hmm. 10, which would usually, you know, spar like, because you have to give up so much to move in. Like these people, you're talking about, you know, the four, the six, the 10, like we're, we're talking about the top 10. You're going to have to trade up another first rounder. So that has to be somebody that you're looking at where you're like, wow, okay, I'll, I'll give up next year's first rounder because I need this guy right now. He's going to change my record next year and he's going to get me potentially win me two more games, which is going to get me in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then that first round, the next year is not going to matter. I mean, that, that, that has to be the mental gymnastics you're doing as a general manager. I got one for you. Cause we all know the New York giants are divided on David Gettleman. Do you think he makes a move to move up to go get Kyle Pitts? Because you can't trust Evan Ingram. That'd be tough if they They're have Ingram. I know. I don't think they trade up. No way they trade up for a tight end with Ingram there. But if he falls, oh, I can definitely see him getting there. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he'll pass the Giants. But I don't think they would trade up for him. I could see the Giants doing something. I don't see them trading around, to be honest with you. But just to go back to the other people, I don't think so. The Trey Lance stuff just came out. The Trey Lance underwear Olympics just came out. And everyone's really excited about Trey Lance. And I Shout feel like once, <laughs> yeah. And once one of those players is rumored to go to the top 10 and one team says somebody's calling me, they're all going to say, Oh, if the Panthers are for sale, guess what? You can also call me. You know what I mean? Oh, by the way, if the Cowboys are for sale, Oh, listen, call me too. I'm, I'm for sale too. You know, don't just focus on them. Like the market's open. So I feel like it's more posturing because who's trading up to four? Who's, who, who, I mean, who's trading up to six, you know, four with the Falcons, six with the Dolphins? Who's trading up with the Cowboys? Who's trading up with the Panthers? I could see the Panthers because they're, they're not going to cost as much because they're kind of on that line. You know what I mean? But when you're talking single digits, you know, just like getting up there, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to cost too much for these guys. Do you see premier players there that are worth it like that? I really don't know. I really don't think there's, crazy trades in the first round that are not for premier edge rushers like you were mentioning or quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I don't see I don't see it either. I mean, there's always a, a couple guys in the draft that you want to take because you need them and they're usually within the top 10. It's not like last year's draft class where it, where it was, you know, I need a wide receiver. You like Chase Young. I'll trade up for Chase Young. You know, L- Lamar Chase uh, I'll trade up for Chase, but not that much. Like I'm not giving you a, a second first rounder. I'll give you something late with my first rounder. 
who who's you know who else? Mika Parsons. I'm not trading up for Parsons. I'm not trading up for Devontae Smith. Am I trading up for Pitts? Yeah, sure, but not that much. Slater, I don't know. I, just with those guys, I'm sure you know. As as the as the draft passes number ten, and we're starting to go into the teens, yeah, I could see more moving around mm-hmm. for the cornerbacks. There's some nice linebackers around there, like the guy from Notre Dame, which we also mentioned in the Jets hour. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there, but I just don't see, like you said, the value to trade for those guys. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I just personally I just think it's a bunch of nonsense, and they're just opening up the marketplace. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I mean, we hear a lot of these rumors every season where oh, someone's looking to move up, someone's looking to move back, and it's just. You know, you keep you mentioned it a lot uh, when we were discussing the the Sean Watson rumors. Oh, we're negotiating through through the through the media. Exactly. That's what we're doing right here. We're negotiating through the media. So it's just throwing feelers out there to let people know, hey, <laughs> we're interested. We don't want to call you because we don't want to seem desperate. Yeah, but we're interested. Yeah, what's your best offer? So. We'll I'm see excited, what happens. Dude. I'm so excited. I'm so I'm, excited for Thursday. For oh man, uh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite off season day for any sport. It, uh, even it even beats NBA free agency. Okay, I can't go that far. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It really does. I it, I, I know free agency is exciting, but like this beats it for me. I love. I enjoy the NFL draft. I do love free agency more just because I love that movement. I love to see things shake. Because superstars, it's superstars, superstars, superstars move, superstars move the league, and it's smaller, right? The NBA yeah. is smaller. We're talking about about four hundred to five hundred guys, yeah. But twenty of them really make a difference where they go. Twenty to thirty, mm-hmm. so it's it's exciting. It's like, oh, Clippers yeah. are going to be good this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trailblazers got somebody new. Woo, New York Knicks. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> um, but no, NFL draft is also exciting because. It's that hope, right? Okay, we're going in a direction to get someone new. New blood comes in to help this team. How are they going to contribute? Because as most NFL analysts say, this is the ultimate team sport. And so you really need all 50, 50, it's a 53-man roster. You need all 53 guys, whether it's the guys who are starting on either side, guys on special teams, the guys who are there in practice. These guys are going to help and develop along the way and hopefully they're contributors to this team in some aspect. So that's why I love the draft, the NFL draft, because I want to see who we draft and who's going to be that contributor for us down the line. And last season with Joe Douglas was just he did well. He did well. It's it's it was a teaser, man. It's a teaser because he did really well. Ashton Davis looks promising. We still need to see more time from him. Mackay Becton, we all know, animal monster. Beast. Mac truck pushes everybody out of the way. Pancakes. You like flapjacks? Finishes, finishes it. Finishes his, his blocks, which has been a controversy this week on the Twitter. <laughs> My goodness gracious. And then you have Denzel Mims, who's also a tease because we didn't see him do yeah, a lot I believe because in he was Mims. injured. I, I believe, believe in, in I'm not saying I don't believe in him. Yeah. I'm just saying it was a tease because we didn't get enough of him. Mm-hmm. And the system didn't really work till show what he can do. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? So I'm excited for what Joe Douglas has done, and I'm excited to see what happens this season. 
So this draft. I just love the whole. Also, also, I just want to get the quarterback thing out of the way. I just yeah. can't. I, I just. I'm so done. I'm so done with this. I'm so done with just who is going number two. It's somehow number one has just become passe. <laughs> and now number two is who's going number two? Is it going to be Justin it's Fields? It's already jumped to three, Zach, dude. It's already jumped to three. Zach, I know. Or it's like the other thing is um, I hate everything. I hate everything. I'm 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 also done with this. I'm already. I mean, I'm already moved on to the end of the first. I'm already. I just want to see what happens with the other teams now until it gets to 23 because we own we own the first three rounds in my head. So I'm I'm really I'm really excited to for us to get rid of the second pick, like you said, get the quarterback and just move on and see how the team's actually going to improve. Who's going to be our guard or center (laughs) and or center? Those are the, I mean, the interior line between those. Yeah. And our starting teams. running back and our, and our linebacker and our number one corner. I'm well, excited. Running for back all is of it. running back and our is, slot corner. We need to start our starting running back. We're going to have a starting running back and I'm putting up quotations. We're going to have a starting running back, but the running back who will take us to that next level to be in that bell cow weeding range. It's not this draft where it's going to take some time unless. Unless, we'll you th- unless Zach Wilson is we'll that see. type of guy we'll or see, Justin Alex. Fields, yeah. We'll see. This is the best part. It's all about hope. It's all about hope. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Hit that but- Drake draft day. <laughs> but John, before we leave off on this etc. portion, we have to touch on one tiny thing that's <laughs> flying around. And very tiny, Twitter. very very tiny, very tiny. <laughs> very tiny. The Cincinnati Bengals have new uniforms. I'm going to ask you because I didn't notice a difference. Did you notice a difference? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a little, little XFL-y, a little more XFL-y like the Jets' new uniforms. So it has, really- has a touch, has a touch of xfl but no, it's I know it's literally the same. And I feel like they just did this whole thing so they can post the picture of Joe Burrow. <laughs> and his Joe scar. Burrow's here. Don't worry, and guys. He got injured last season, but Yo, he's here. Did you here. see his scar, dude? No, I didn't. Oh, so the so the one so the picture that they released it in, he's just sitting there with his leg crossed, and his sock comes up only up into his scar, so it's obviously on purpose. Um, and you just see like the whole ACL scar. It's like ah, and then someone uh, uh we had a NFL Network, I'm pretty sure it's NFL Network guy comment on Twitter. He said, "Well, if you didn't know who they were drafting before, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, Sewell's definitely coming, right? So, yeah." I mean, I just want to bring that up because I thought it was just funny that they made minor change, but you brought it up. I really hope the Jets change their unis. I do not like the unis that much. They're okay. So I think it's, I think it's a five year deal. I think once you sign on with the, with the jerseys, you can't change it for five years. God. So I think, I think, but I think after five years, cause Woody Johnson's really taking the Steve Cohen approach on Twitter. And we saw that Steve Cohen, what he did with the black Mets jerseys. I really do think Woody Johnson is going to add the helmet, add the, the jet to yes. the helmet. Yes. I'm pretty, sure. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. get me the jet logo. Please get me the jet logo on it. And I kind of want a stripe. I really want a stripe on the side. I know they have this the new age XFL weird thing going on, like the chest thing. I just 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 give me the lines. Give me the double solid white line and the double solid green line and a jet symbol. I will be the happiest person on the earth. Yes. 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 <laughs> I actually miss the old Jets jerseys, and I so really, much. like the only thing I like, like they're okay, okay, they they're okay. The black ones, I like that we have a black jersey. 
I like them on the field for sure. Yes. The black jersey is probably my favorite out of all of them, but even that could still use work. Somehow, never, would you buy it? Do you have one? I do not do you have, have any of the new ones. No. And Me neither. Reason- I don't want one. I don't want a new one. I'm about, I'm about to buy a Becton hoodie. Dude, I have my old San Antonio home Reebok jersey. Oh, I love, I honestly love the old jersey with the cloth side like those are those are my favorite they'll never change and so i really just don't like these jerseys i'm waiting for the new one but for now i just rock the becton and the the hoodie jersey no i got a i got an old jets jersey santonio holmes number 10 the legit you know stitched on not this Mm -hmm. fake stuff that they got it's cheap man i don't like it it's like the nba jersey it's cheap why is it champion nba jersey the goat jersey yeah I love the champion ones. The champion ones are good. Adidas is okay. Nike just really – you saw the first year they had them. They all just started ripping. Yeah, you're right. But to be honest with you, the Knicks jerseys are sick. The new new Knicks ones, the black ones, are sick. They look better than initially now that you see them. The shorts make it better. Yeah, I bought the shorts. I love the shorts too. The shorts make it better. If the shorts weren't like that, I don't know how good it would be. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I, we're good, we're good. I, I, I like the uniform talk here. I like the, I like the uniform talk. I because, hate the Knicks blue jerseys. The which ones? ones? Oh, yes. I just don't like them. They just don't look good to me. I don't know why. Well, they also got the Jordan logo on it. They also have the Jordan logo on it, which I like I Jordans, need, but I just don't want it on my Knicks jersey. I like Jordans too. I mean, I'm not a major sneakerhead. I love Jordans, but I don't need my Knicks jersey to have a Jordan <laughs> logo on it either. Okay. You can leave <laughs> yeah. it on the Charlotte Hornets. He owns that team. You said it before. The only owner in the league that has his icon on every jersey. OD. OD. How much money does this man need to make? (laughs) (laughs) On that note, man. On that note, we've gone on. I think that's a big enough tangent on uh, jerseys. Woody Johnson, get that jet on for Alex and give me that. Give me those double stripes. Yes, for sure. For sure. And guys and gals who listen to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us. Thank you for listening. Please make sure if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to use that five-star review and to leave a comment. Let us know what you think of it and give us any, uh, any, uh, any, uh, you know, suggestions. You know, we like suggestions. We like, we, we like improving the show. That's, uh, that's what we like to do around here. We like to make it better. You know, we got things coming up along the way. But we are available on all streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify, Overcast, Google Play, Amazon Alexa. We are located on all those streaming platforms. Also, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms as well. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Nicks, period. And you can also follow, follow our own personal accounts. You can follow at jmalika. That's John's Twitter handle. And you can follow me at Tradicaster101. We will engage. We love to talk about sports. That's why we're here. We don't get paid for this. We just love this. Mind your you guys. All right, everyone. Catch you later. Let's go Jets. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 